Okay. Okay, good evening and welcome to the May 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Animal Commission. My name is Michelangelo Torres and I'm a commission chairperson. We're holding our meeting at City Hall tonight. This is our second in-person meeting since February 2020, three years ago. Members of the public are invited to attend meetings in person or participate remotely. For those who are attending this meeting remotely, please be aware that with our return to in-person meetings, we are now using different technology and a new meeting format to stream our meetings. Although I believe we have since resolved some of the technical issues that we experienced at our first in-person meeting back in March, we apologize in advance for any technical difficulties that may happen tonight during the login process or during the meeting, and we thank you for your patience. For those of you who are interested in how our commission works or serving on this commission, you will find that information on our website at sf.gov forward slash animal commission. On our website, you will also find the agendas, minutes, and supporting documents from previous meetings, as well as audio and videos of past meetings. We are still in the process of learning our recording options with this new meeting format, but either the audio or the video of tonight's meeting should be available on our website by tomorrow afternoon. Additional information about the commission, including links to our social media accounts, can be found on our website's About Us page. And of course, if anyone has any questions, whether it's how our commission works, or maybe you're interested in applying to be a member on this commission, please feel free to contact me with your questions at michelangelo.torres at sfdph.org. Members of the public who wish to comment during the meeting can call 415-655-0003 and use access code 2479-580-7593. Then when prompted for a webinar password or ID, please enter 1111. This is one of the changes that I referred to previously about remote public comment. Uh, after getting access, uh, please hit star three on your phone and that'll allow you to be called for public comment. When it is your turn to speak, you may be prompted to hit star six to unmute yourself and to begin speaking. Otherwise, we will unmute you from our dashboard. Please make your comments in accordance with the agenda. Commissioner Tobin, could you please take roll? Yes. Um, when I call your name, please say present. Uh, Chair Torres. Present. Vice Chair Ozenoy. Present. Commissioner Van Horn. Present. Commissioner Tobin. Present. SFACC Deputy Director Amy Corso. Present. SF Rec and Park Advisor Christopher Campbell is not present, nor is SF Department of Public Health Representative Dr. George Han, Han um, nor SF Police Department Officer Greg Sutherland. Okay, thank you. Moving on to general public comment. At this time, members of the public may address the commission with comments on items within the commission's jurisdiction other than items on the agenda. Please note that the glue trap ban and the animal care and control reporting presentations discussions all have their own public comment periods. So please wait for those public comment periods following those agenda items if you wish to make comments on any of those items. Members of the public attending the meeting in person will have an opportunity to provide public comment on every business item. In addition to in-person public comment, the commission will hear up to 20 minutes of remote public comment on each business item. The commission will hear remote public comment on items in the order that commenters add themselves to the speaker's queue to comment on the item. Please be aware that because of the 20 minute time limit, it is possible that not every person on the speaker's queue will have an opportunity to provide remote public comment. Members of the public who wish to make a remote public comment should hit star three on their phone now to be added to the speaker's queue. Hitting star three will show you as your hand raised on our dashboard so we will know that you wish to make a comment. A voice prompt will confirm that your hand has been raised. Please hit star three only once to be added to the queue. Hitting star three a second time will cause your hand to be lowered and we will have no way of knowing that you wish to make a comment. When it is your turn to speak, you may be prompted by the system to hit star six in order to unmute yourself. If you are not prompted, we will unmute you from our dashboard. You will then have two minutes to make a comment. Please be aware that after your two minutes have passed, your phone line will be muted again and we will go on to the next caller. Please be aware as well that if we have a large number of people wishing to provide in-person public comments, um, we may adjust the time, I'm sorry, if we have a large amount of people wishing to provide remote public comment, wait, can I start all over? I apologize, everybody. Um, if we do have a large amount of people who do wish to make public comment, we may adjust the time allotted per person to only one minute. This is done for timing purposes and to allow us as many people as possible to 
provide public comment. If there is a need to make this change, it will be announced before the first speaker. We will not be making this change for this meeting. At this time, um, let's see if there's anyone in person who would like to make a public comment. Okay, seeing none, let me check for remote public comment. Okay, I'm going, I'm not seeing anything on this dashboard. Let me check one more place to see just a moment, please. Okay, I, unless we're having technical difficulties again, which I hope we are not, um, we are not seeing anyone with their hand raised. So we will move on to um, approval of draft minutes from March 2023 meeting. Okay, the draft minute document for our March meeting was distributed to commissioners earlier this week, and I believe everyone has had a chance to review them. Are there any questions, comments, or corrections to the draft minutes before voting? Okay, seeing none, if I call your name, please state yes if you're in favor of approving the minutes or no if you're not in favor. Commissioner Rosenoy? Yes. Commissioner Tobin? Yes. Commissioner Van Horn? Yes. Okay, and Commissioner Torres also votes in approval. So the meeting minutes have been approved. Okay, so moving on to chairpersons and commissioner reports, commissioners reports regarding recent activities in the community involving animal issues that have been discussed by the commission in the past. Um, I do have a couple of announcements to make. Um, so, first, I want to announce that commissioner Iris Chan has resigned from the commission. The reason she resigned is because she is no longer resident of San Francisco and as we all know, only San Francisco residents are able to sit on this commission. This also coincides with their commission term date. Uh, ending last month. I want to thank Iris for all of her help during the, her two years on the commission, including her assistance with research and creating our social media accounts. We will miss her and we wish her and our adorable little dog, Jap Chi, all the best. Um, with Commissioner Chan leaving, this leaves three vacant seats on the commission. In addition, there are two currently held seats with terms that also ended last month. We are working with Supervisor Dorsey staff to schedule our commission appointment hearing at an upcoming Board of Supervisors Rules Committee meeting. We do not have a hearing date yet, but we hope to have one either later this month or in June. As we currently have only four commissioners and we need at least four commissioners attending a meeting in order to reach a quorum, there is a chance we may not be able to hold some of our meetings due to individual scheduling conflicts. This happened in April and we will most likely not have a meeting next month in June, but we are hoping to have our hearing soon at which our new commissioners will be appointed in time for our July meeting. Again, if anyone is interested in applying for the commission, please feel free to reach out to me at michaelangelo.torres at sfdph.org with any questions. Additional information about applying for a city commission can be found at sfbos.org forward slash vacancy uh, dash or hyphen. I'm sorry, let me repeat that again, sfbos.org forward slash vacancy hyphen boards hyphen commissions hyphen task hyphen forces. <laughs> um, so, but I guess easier if you just Google San Francisco Board of Supervisors Commission vacancy, that's the first thing that will come up, okay, for more information. Um, last and definitely not least, we have a Department of Public Health representative now. Dr. George Han, the Director of Community disease and prevention at our Department of Public Health has joined the commission. As a department representative, Ms. Dr. Han will attend meetings on an as-needed basis and will provide when will be available for questions from the commission and will be able to answer to provide guidance and department input. 
Uh, Dr. Han is currently away, but should be available to answer questions, act as a resource starting later this month, and at some point we'll invite him to the commission for introduction. Uh, are there any other reports to share? I have one quick report, yes. and this is very timely. Today, the Supreme Court ruled to uphold California Prop 12. You may remember that we discussed this at our meeting that um, imposes the probably strictest animal welfare standards upon certain farmers, and those farmers, of course, are the uh, pork farmers, from confining a breeding sow with less than 24 square feet of usable floor space. And I think what was most interesting, too, is it forbids the sale of any pork in California that was produced by a farmer that is not compliant with those standards. So it's a nice victory for the animals. It is. Thank you so much for that report. Very, very nice. Any other reports? I have one thing I'd like to bring up again. <clears throat> and I mentioned this uh, at well, a couple months ago, but um, my big concern right now is the dramatic increase in the number of ticks that we're seeing throughout the city. And um, especially with the recent weather, um, the mosquito season is going to be pretty bad this year. On top of that, um, we, we have had the Presidio Trust um find 80s and uh, sierrasis um a mosquito in in the presidio that is a capable heartworm vector which we've never had in san francisco um beyond that um we we know that we've got again tick-borne disease just on the other side of the bridge in every direction and now that we're seeing a lot of ticks here it's just a matter of time so I'm hoping for July to be able to have a, a piece of our meeting dedicated to this discussion because, um, as I've said in the past, Los Angeles County is so far ahead of us um, in terms of reporting on these diseases. Um, and I'd like to have one of their doctors um, as well as a representative from the Presidio Trust and the SF um public health department um maybe spend five to ten minutes each answering some questions about surveillance um and what's actually being done to to monitor for this sort of thing and hopefully piggyback on that um the S san francisco veterinary medical association um members being able to to attend virtually or maybe even in person if we can get them off their off their butts so um that's just something that i'm hoping to work on with michael here over the next couple of months to organize for july mm -hmm. wonderful great thank you any other reports i have one quick question for you um is that legislated are they required to report that and uh, ever since uh, Katrina in Los Angeles County, heartworm disease has been a reportable disease, and and they now have added to that a bunch of the rickettsial um, or vector-borne uh, um, tick-borne diseases as well. It's sort of a way in their minds of of looking at the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Um, if you see a lot more Lyme disease popping up in dogs, you're going to expect to see more Lyme disease in, in humans. Um, they even have gone to the extent of having the, the reference laboratories um, that service veterinarians in that area need to report when they get positives from from local dogs um and it's it's been pointed out that they have four veterinarians for los angeles county health public health department and here we have zero but um making things reportable might not cost a lot um and would give us a, a real finger on the pulse of what's going on with the changes in mosquito and tick-borne disease okay Great, thank you. Any other reports? I have a question actually for you, Dr. Van Horn. We, we um, in the past, you've brought up um, the live markets as something you'd like to be, uh, we, the commission to look into um, a little more deeply. And I know we've gotten some um, recent mm -hmm. communication from an outside group 
about that same topic. Do you think that um, is that something that we as a commission do you think could tackle this summer as well? Do you have the bandwidth to partner with? You're, what what we've seen is that um, because of the socio-political asso associations with the live markets and um, representatives for those districts, um, that district, um, not wanting to offend um, certain folks that utilize the live markets, um, it's a real uphill climb to get any momentum on any of that. Um, that being said, um, there are a lot of outside forces um, that that want to put pressure on San Francisco to change things. And when I was doing research, I even found that there were representatives from within Chinatown in various um, Positions to have an influence over the community that they even felt that, um, you know, change was was. A good idea, at least um, in terms of regulation, monitoring and attention to to especially foodborne disease. So, um, getting the right people at the at the table at the same time is the hardest part of of that. And I, I spent literally 10 trips out to talk to people, see the live markets, um, visit with the folks that run them. And um, it's a, it's an uphill battle, but certainly willing to talk to you about what I've already done and who I've already talked to and see if they're willing to make a public um, statement on a, any of this. Thank you. Any other? Thank you so much. Okay, I was actually going to mention too, and thanks um, for that subway into what I was going to mention, Commissioner Rosenoy, um, and thank you for your for your feedback or for your for your thoughts on it. Um, we do get a, a large number of public of comments about the live market, and it is something that we have thought about. Um, but that does bring me up to we did receive a communication from an organization called Animal Lookout uh, re, re, um, regarding cruelty at San Francisco's live animal markets. Um, this is. Posted on our agenda page um, of our website under um, uh, Commission Communications Receive Organizations. Um, I am talking to, we actually have one of the representatives here in, in the audience, um, but we are, I have been talking with um, some of their national people about the possibility of them presenting at one of our meetings. So, you know, they will cover some of the things, you know, basically their work that's being done in San Francisco. Um, to also cover that as well, but, you know, just an overview of their presentation and, and what they do and some of the investigative work that they've done. So, I'm hoping that we can probably schedule that sometime, um, you know, sometime during 1 of our follow up meetings. Okay. So, thank you. Okay, um, if there's no more reports to share, let's move on to new business. Uh, glue trap ban um, discussion concerning legislation banning the use and sale of glue traps in San Francisco. Uh, Commissioner Ozenoy, please feel free to begin your report when you're ready. Hello. Uh, well, obviously, as you all know, I've been discussing this on and off for the last two years that I've served on the commission. And part of um, the research and the work that I've done outside of commission meetings is I have worked with a group of Los Angeles-based advocates, uh, animal law welfare, animal law professor, animal welfare, um, individuals who have been working um, to try and enact a, a glue trap ban in Los Angeles County. Um, Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles was not as open to um, moving forward with it, but the municip municipality of West Hollywood did, in fact, um, uh, just on May 1st, fully uh, pass an ordinance uh, for the sale and use of glue traps in West Hollywood um, on the heels of an April um, initial city council meeting. So obviously San Francisco um, has followed West Hollywood in the past on animal welfare initiatives, uh, the decline, of course, um, the fur ban. And I'm really hopeful that San Francisco will continue to 
Um, since we're not apparently uh, wanting to be at the front, we can at least be close to the front of <laughs> um, passing uh, this sort of ordinance in 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 our city and county. Um, and obviously, I, I'm sure I don't need to tell the commission, but whoever may be listening, I mean, obviously, glue traps of all kinds, glue boards, glue strips are incredibly inhumane. Um, not only do they cause a tremendous amount of suffering to the animal that is unfortunate enough to actually get caught on the trap, um, and uh, it also, also causes a tremendous amount of collateral damage to animals that were not perhaps intended for um, for the trap to begin with. And I'm, you know, setting aside that the fact that no animal should be forced to suffer and die of dehydration, of, um, you know, pull off its own limbs as it tries to free itself from the trap, even if it's so-called, you know, a pest, the, the difference between pest and pet is really just one letter. Um, so it's, it's, you know, all, in, in addition to that it's also a health um, hazard and the CDC actually recommend, or actually says do not use glue traps because it does uh, contribute to um, vector, a disease vector, right? Because when the animal is stuck to the glue trap, it doesn't die, it continues to shed urine and feces and that is a, a health, um, a human health risk as well. Um, but, uh, you know, if you, want to say, oh, well, whatever, they're vermin. I mean, the, the kind of animals that actually get stuck on glue traps goes way beyond the cockroaches and whatever mice and rats that people might think that they're um, actually studying them for because it's uh, any kind of small creature can and does get caught on these vile glue boards. Um, my own experience with wildlife rehabilitation, I can tell you that we've had three baby opossums in the last two weeks um, caught on traps, um, lizards, small, um, small, like squirrels, um, snakes, uh, a lot of birds, unfortunately, also get caught because um, they will see the wonderful buffet of insects that are on this on this trap and they'll think, oh, it's like a free lunch. So they'll just head right on in and sort of like a like the La Brea carpet of of um of experiences, they then get stuck and then they try to free themselves and they um don't uh you know suffer. They suffer and they don't make it most of the time. And I'm sure um you know, I'd love to hear from um, Deputy Director Corso from if if you would like to share some of your experiences from your field services uh, past, if if you can share some. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything you just mentioned, we've seen it's yeah. come through um, field services. We've um, had to use mineral oil to remove many lizards, a snake before. Um, and you're right, we get birds. I mean. Anything small enough, light enough will get stuck. Um, so yes, we've we've seen that. We've brought it in. Um, from my experience, uh, lizards and snakes are the hardest to remove, just by pure surface area. How much of that gets uh, stuck to the glue trap? Yeah, small birds too, especially like fly strips. Hummingbirds get trapped in them all the time. Um, small finches. Anything if the, if they see you know they see the insects just hanging there and they and they go for it and and then you know then they're then they're they're trapped so I mean obviously I could go on for quite some time and, and cite you know my own experience and various other um, research I guess my real point is that I really would like us to start moving forward with uh, trying to get um, legislation and ordinance in San Francisco that addresses this. Um, and it's not going to be immediate. Obviously, it's going to be pretty, pretty much of a long haul because I think the process, as we um, learned, is you know the process for bringing legislation to a city uh, governing body takes months. In West Hollywood, it took six months. Um, but I think that you know we've discussed this. We've had Wildcare present. We've had um, other presentations, and Wildcare is happy to present again. But I think we we kind of know. Uh, as a commission, what is going on with, you know, the kind of um, inhumane.
practice that this is. So I'd really like to see um, us actually as for the rest of 2023 focus on this as one of our commission um, initiatives. Great, um, thank you. And thanks for all your work on this. I know you've done a lot of research. I do want to mention too that a copy of, um, uh, I guess the ordinance adoption is on our website on our agenda page. So it's it's um, very interesting um, if anyone wants to check it out. Um, and if you just, uh, again, Google information about West Hollywood and the glue band, you'll find a lot of interesting and very informative articles as well. Um, are there any other questions or anything concerning this before we open up? For I, I do yes. want to add also that a lot of other uh, countries have banned glue traps. A lot of um, a lot of city, like a lot of uh, like Wales, um, some provinces in Australia, um, and there's it's really interesting because there's uh, organizations and municipalities that don't use them and have agreed not to use them but continue to sell them. So, for example, like the airport, Boston Logan Airport. Um, has gone on record that they're not going to use glue traps. Well, Home Depot also doesn't use glue traps within Home Depot, but they continue to sell glue traps. So it's, you know, there's a bit of a disconnect that I'm hoping we can um, help address. Yes. Any other questions or comments before we open it up for public comment? Okay. Um, is there any in-person public comment? Okay, seeing none, um, I did actually, I spent a minute and went back and tested. We are able to see hands, so oh. it's working, and I do see a couple hands. So, <laughs> so we're Excellent. so we're good as far as remote comment, public Excellent. comment goes. So, I'm going to try um, addressing it from this dashboard, okay? Um, but if not, I will go to the other dashboard, okay? So let's see. Uh, okay, members of the public who wish to make a remote public comment on this agenda item should hit star three on their phone to be added to the speakers queue. Okay, currently I see two callers. Okay, caller number two, you've been unmuted. You can start your your um, comments. Hi, I'm Patricia Briggs. Um, thank you so much, Commissioner Orzanoy, for bringing up this very critical issue. Um, I'm wondering, first of all, I don't understand why, you know, all the bird organizations like Golden Gate Audubon, you know, reptile organizations, are they not on board? Are they um, sending letters in support of this ban? Or, um, and also, I really feel that we need a sea change as far as um, we view how we view rodents because there's so many animals like that we like, like, you know, the squirrels in the park, they're cute, they have bushy tails, they're perky, we go to the park and feed them peanuts. You know, there's, um, you know, beavers, um, porcupines, hamsters, gerbils, you know, guinea pigs are all rodents, we have them as pets. And you know chipmunks and that are really cute. And anyway, um, there's so many animals that are in the order rodentia, and yet we um, we demonize these ones that don't have um, you know that eat garbage that we create and um, that have naked tails and they have cryptic coloring, they're drab color, they have beady eyes, and uh, so um, it, it's really a species sort of thing. Um, but anyway, all the stores sell them um, as we know, and that's because people keep buying them, and that doesn't mean the store should sell them. But there's ignorant people that keep buying them. So I'm wondering, and also, what is was a strategy used by West Hollywood to to ban these? I know you said it took them um, six months, but how how do they do it? Okay. Um, so we'll go on to the next caller. Okay. Thank you very much, Patricia, for your comments. Um, we're going to go to the next caller, and and if you want to provide any additional information afterwards, you can. Okay. Hi, my name is Nadine May. I'll be very brief. I'm a vegan. All animals' lives are important. And I totally, totally, totally 100%. Thank you for bringing this issue to the commission. And I support it 100%. And I know lots and lots of people who are not vegan who feel the same way. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you very much, Nadine, for your comments. Okay, that is the end of um, comment. Just a minute. Okay, one's muted. 
Okay. It, was there anything more you wanted to add? Yeah, I, I will. Um, thank you for your comments. Uh, I want to also say that there's um, there is a human collateral element that people ignore because when they, you know, these things are marketed as an easy solution that doesn't, you know, people are afraid that snap traps are too violent, so they see this glue trap and it's marketed as easy, no blood, and actually they say like you can just throw it out in the trash, which is another conversation it was just horrifying um and i think that um you know you're absolutely right um nadine that there is a disparity between how we treat different different animals and but when people see this in action and i've seen this um on social media when people actually find these creatures stuck and helpless and suffering on the glue boards most 99% of people are horrified and they want this to change um, and I think that's sort of as far as tactics, I think that is one of the foundational tactics of how we will go about this is, is sort of explaining and educating people that this is not an easy solution where you can just throw out a creature into the trash, but in fact, it's a very um, inhumane and terrible and, and just damaging to everybody kind of solution. Um, as far as what West Hollywood did is that they, um, They've got the support, the group of uh, animal advocates working on this, got the support of two of the city council members. Um, and over time, um, essentially, the city of West Hollywood then did some legislative findings. Uh, they, they took it to their city attorney, who then developed uh, sort of a, like a report, an administrative report that, uh, that took into account all the research and sort of uh, made an advise, advisory um, uh, statement to the city council that then they were able to, um, you know, discuss over the next six months and then vote on in April. Yeah, and and their city, their city government is very different from ours. They actually have um, city council people who take turns being the mayor, and so it's a it's a smaller group and a small and a and a smaller, much smaller municipality with um, probably easier to get something like that uh, through, you know, six or seven people than it's going to be. Um, here with our 11, 11 supervisors or 12 actually. So, but we're just getting started and uh, feel free to reach out to me um, uh, if you'd like to discuss this further. Okay, great. Um, thank you again, Commissioner Ozenoy for all your work and research concerning this, you know, pretty heartbreaking situation. Um, and, you know, we look forward to making change. Thanks to all commissioners and um, reps as well for your help too. And we look forward to moving forward with it. So thank you. Okay, um, let's see, going on, uh, we're moving on to um, uh, agenda item number six, old business reporting from animal care and control. Animal care and control will report regarding outcomes for animals, ongoing operations and present the January through March, 2023 quarterly report. Uh, Deputy Director Corso, uh, please feel free to start your report when you're ready. Okay, so the first quarter, we took in a total of 1,546 animals, 335 of which were cats, 635 dogs, 576 others. Excuse me, I'll try to get through this without too much of that. Um, so for outcomes, we had a total of 165 animals adopted, 70 cats, 31 dogs, and 64 others. We transferred 480 animals, 100 of, 101 were cats, 230 dogs, 149 others, and 283 animals were redeemed. So 46 cats, 226 dogs, and 11 others. In the first quarter, um, animal control officers responded to 2,223 emergency calls for service. Uh, we added in the um, spay-neuter request, so we were able to pull that together. So for spay-neuter surgeries, ACC did a total of 115, 74 cats, three dogs, and 38 others. We sent 164 over to SPCA for spay-neuter. Four of those were cats, 160 were dogs. Um, so I was, I know I heard one time that one of the things we report on is hiring. 
Um, so what I've pulled together is we, we have hired a foster coordinator now. Um, so she started, I believe it was last Saturday. I'm very happy to have her. It's a grant funded position that we got through friends of San Francisco animal care and control. Um, and we continue to work with HR across the board on hiring. Um, so for the open positions, there's all stages, you know, getting the post out. I mean, they're working hard on that right now. Um, vets and vans, um, is going to, we're partnering with vets and vans. They're going to start, um, this coming Monday, actually the 15th providing services. It's a uh, low cost vet care. They're going to be in our uh, parking lot in the secured area. Uh, I put out flyers for anybody who's interested. Uh, we're, the goal is to uh, do two Mondays per month. It's going to be every other Monday. The first month, just because uh, we're starting mid-month, we're going to do two back-to-back. -back, so one on the 15th, one on the 22nd. In uh, June, we're, uh, we'll have one, and that's because Vets and Vans is, um, will be international helping do, do spay-neuter. Uh, but when they're back in July, we will have one July 10th and uh, one July 24th. Moving forward, we'll have more dates. Um, but again, like I said, there's a flyer on the table if anybody wants to see that. Uh, we continue to partner with uh, Full Belly Bus and have our pen, pet pantries. Um, so we're giving out food to um, anybody who needs it. That's the second Wednesday of every month. Um, word is starting to get out, so each month we've seen more and more people. Um, so that's been, that's been really good. And then we're working on getting together our, um, rabies clinics. Um, Dr. Van Horn's helping us to try to get some vets to volunteer and some techs to volunteer. Um, historically we've tried to get a hundred people through on at those clinics. Uh, and this time we're going to be not just offering rabies, um, but we're going to offer DHLPP. Um, anecdotally, we're seeing more parvo come through our shelters. We don't have the exact numbers, but anecdotally, I can say we are, and and more so in adult dogs, which is um, unusual. Usually, we're just seeing them in puppies. But so um, we're going to offer that as well, um, as well as microchips. And again, our goal is going to be um, four times a year. Uh, we're hoping to start. We're hoping for June, but we still need volunteers, so it may be more like July. And then we'll go September and, you know, try to do it every three months. Oh. Okay, that's all I got. Okay, uh, any questions from anyone? Yeah, yeah, I have a question for you. The Vets and Van, I'm sorry, I didn't read the information on them. Mm -hmm. um, are they their own separate nonprofit yes. organization? Okay, yes. great. I'll hand and, you the flyer while I'm at it. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... Okay. Yeah, so it's it's low cost. Um, they can do, they can even do surgeries out of their van. I mean, they they can provide a lot of services. And if you go onto their website, you can see how they, um, you know, their fees break down and how how it um, is low cost and compares to wow. other services around. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sure. this. This is really wonderful. Yeah, we're we're very excited to have them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Any other questions or comments? Can you remind me what ORPTS means in the in the report for youth? Yes, that's um, owner requested euthanasia. Oh. And HCLs head to lab as rabies. That's correct. Yeah. Are bats just unilaterally euthanized, or if they've been handled, is that? I don't mean to derail this, but what do you mean if they've been handled? like, well, like if a person finds a, a bat and they touch it, does that. So that's up to the Department mm -hmm. of Public Health. So the, what we do is if, um, generally if someone, so for instance, if there's a bat in the house, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the person saw the bat fly in, we know there was no contact. Um, we'll come and we'll release the bat basically. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's a question, you know, if someone ha find, wakes up and finds a bat in their room, there's potentially contact because you could get bit by a bat and not know it. Um, yes, unfortunately, we do have to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, bats are the one species we see positive rabies tests on in, in San Francisco. Yeah. So, if I remember correctly, I think I've seen postings on social media in which bats have been released as far as 
they've been, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. We we evaluated yeah. the situation. I know we had one recently where yeah. um, the the bat was like roosting, and you know the woman just heard the plop on the sidewalk behind her. She called us. We said, put a box over it. We'll send somebody out. Um, we sent an ACO out. They took it back to vet staff to evaluate. He fellow was pretty active. The um, the person who called it in did not touch the bat. So we said, great, let's go put him back. So yeah. I think we have um, confirmed skunks with uh, rabies in the city as well. Uh, not that I'm aware of, not in the city, not in San Francisco proper, in the huh. county of San Francisco. I, I will look into that, but as far as I know, no land mammals in San Francisco, I think at least 60 years. And that's, I mean, that's even part of the presentation that uh, that Department of Public Health, you know, gives to, to our staff. And, you know, she's not there anymore, but the person who used to give it to us used to say, but don't forget, San Francisco is a peninsula and not an island mm -hmm. to let us know that it is possible. So. Well, um, I appreciate you um, working into your reporting a lot of the things that we discussed at our last meeting. I really didn't expect you to be able to do it so soon because I thought probably with the next quarter. Um, also, the, some of the also the things you're doing as far as, you know, some of the the community um, outreach you're doing is is amazing. So thank you. Um, I did have a couple questions. I was curious about you kind of briefly touched on. Um, on on new hires, mm -hmm. um, I've also seen where there's been a lot of um, postings about uh, new uh, animal control officers. I was wondering what what is the status as far as have all those positions been filled or is there still some openings or there? So <laughs> the way the city hiring works is fairly complicated. Yeah, I know. So um, right now we're hiring for permanence. We do some of the ACOs we have are considered temporary employees. Um, we've had to get creative, um, to get bodies, yeah. um, just because, you know, the hiring process takes a while. Um, so yeah, so it's going through some will be, you know, as it goes through, we'll turn into permanent positions. So. Yeah. And actually I remembered that because, um, I remembered when I was kind of interested, I was kind of curious about it and I was asking, well, how come we're not hiring? How come we're just. How come all the positions, all the postings I see are for temporary workers? Why not for permanent ones? And then it was explained to me, but of course, as you said, it's complicated. So yeah, and when <laughs> it made see, sense when I heard it, but I could not repeat what the process was because it's again, it's a city. And process. when you see them posted on there, that's when they're being sworn in. That's not when they're hired. Um, so yes. they've they've gone through training. They you know have gone through PC eight thirty two. They are now badged, and now they can go out on their own. Um, so once you see that each officer being posted, um, that's they're at that point. So they've been with us for at three months at the minimum. Okay, well, good to know. Thanks. Any other comments or questions from the commissioners before we open it up for public comment? Okay, seeing none, I also want to mention too that um, we um, appreciate um, SFACC's constant presence on the commissions. But going forward, what we're going to do is we're going to have um, Deputy Director Corso um, come to us on a quarterly basis to report, um, to provide reports and an, on an as needed basis as well. Okay, so we're going to put it in line with a lot of our other representatives who, again, are on an as needed basis. Okay, so what I would ask is, you know, of course, you know, we can always reach out to, um, to Deputy Director Corso. She's always responsive Absolutely. immediately. Um, you know, we can continue to do that. And if there is, you know, a, a need for her to be at a meeting uh, to just give her as much advance notice as possible. Okay. That's great. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. So anyways, um, seeing no in-person um, public comment, let's go to remote comments. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, speakers, uh, I'm sorry, um, members of the public who wish to make a remote public comment on this agenda item should hit star three on their phone to be added to the speaker's queue. Okay, it looks like we have three comments. I'm gonna get them in order. Okay, speaker number two, you've been unmuted. You can begin your comment. 
Hi, I just wanted to mention, um, we were talking about the live animal market issue. I'm glad that you're keeping this going um, because we certainly kept it going for forever since the 1990s. But um, I, when the health department um, commissioner comes on board, I know way back then it was health department commissioner was Ben Gale. I remember his name. He'd always come to the meetings and kind of have this big smile on his face and uh, always kind of deny that anything was happening in the live animal markets. And as far as the health point, goes, um, they are selling adulterated meat. I mean, these are animals that are dying. They have no food or water. They're starving. Um, they're overcrowded. They're under a lot of stress. So that automatically brings on disease. So it is against the law to sell adulterated meat. Of course, they're animals. But um, anyway, so I think the health department guy really needs to address this, why these markets are being, you know, um, like there's one butcher one time that had a fly swatter. He was literally swatting at flies on the frozen fish as they were landing on them, and he didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. Um, so anyway, the things that go on in these markets, not only from a cruelty perspective, but from a health department perspective, perspective is is beyond, is just beyond all imagining. So, um, and I, I really want to see animal care and control go out to these markets at least every six months. It's a prevention thing. It should not be complaint generated. Um, the horrible things that we've seen, they need to go out there every six months at least. So thank you. Thank you for your comments. Let's go on to the next caller. Okay, caller, you've been unmuted. You can begin your comments. Hi, um, Nadine May. I actually have a quick question. Um, for Deputy Director, of course. So along with all the other things you're doing to reach out to the community, um, what is happening with getting the microchipping clinics back? So that's my question. Um, if I could talk about several things, it would be the fact that the kitten that was found in the Richmond District, um, the woman called ACC, and the ACC dispatch officer said, put the two-month-old friendly kitten back in the street so it can find its colony. Well, we don't have colonies of friendly cats. We have colonies of feral cats. There was no suggestion that the cat, that the kitten be brought anywhere to be fixed before it was put back out. And it's in an area where the coyotes probably would have killed it within an hour. So because I stepped in and got rescue groups involved, the woman who, who found the cat, kitten, did not hand the kitten to a complete stranger, which is what she was planning to do because she didn't know any better and she didn't know where to turn. So that happened. Um, I have to say that in that situation, as well as the situation of the cats in the backpack, the public is absolutely horrified that what ACC is doing. I mean, horrified. You 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 wouldn't want to read those comments. They think they don't think highly of ACC. People are afraid to take animals to ACC because they're afraid they're automatically be killed. People don't really have confidence in ACC. And the last thing I wanted to mention was um, adoption. Color, your time is up. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you for your comment, Nadine. Okay, we're going on to the last caller. Yes, hi, this is Rebecca Ward. Um, I'm in the Richmond district and um, I would just be really seconding what Nadine has brought up um, about the perception of ACC and its handling of of cats when cats are in danger. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of, you know, new employees that, that don't know when animals should be accepted and when they shouldn't be accepted. Um, if any training could be done. Um, I just got an automatic uh, uh, message from from the system. I'm not sure if I am still able to complete my comment. You, um, you can complete but, it. I apologize. It was just informing you that your hand was lowered because you uh, um, you were um, uh, 
you, you started speaking, so I apologize for okay. that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, when the system starts talking to me, I don't know if I should talk back. Yeah, yet, we're still but... learning the system, so I apologize for that. So yes, yeah, so you no, continue no, with your call. no, Thank that's, you. that's quite all right. I, I, you know, I just, I just think it would be very beneficial for ACC to make sure that all the staff, old staff, new staff, know that when cats are in a dangerous situation, they really do need to be accepted in. Um, and to let that be known to to the residents of San Francisco in in some some promotional you know public messaging kind of way as opposed to just come and look at our website. So thank you. Thank you, Re uh, Rebecca, for your um, yeah. comments and your patience with our system. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I don't see any other. Uh, Callers in the queue, so we can move on to item number 6, which is items to be put on the agenda for future commission meetings. Uh, as I mentioned, due to scheduling conflicts, we will most likely not be holding a meeting in June. Therefore, our next meeting will be held on Thursday, July 13th. This meeting will be held in room 408 at city hall uh, along with remote access. But please do check our website in case there are any changes and we do have a meeting in June. But most likely will be in July, but our website will be updated within the next couple of weeks with that information. Okay, so um, for our July meeting, um, please reach out to me by the Friday before our July meeting with any proposed agenda items and any supporting documents for our next meeting. That will be Friday, July 7th. The agenda and any supporting documents provided to the commission by that time will be uploaded to our website sf.gov forward slash animal commission by the Monday evening before the meeting. So for our next meeting, that will be Monday, July 10th. Uh, next meeting's agenda will include a continuation on discussion around glue traps and a possible ban on their sale and use in San Francisco, uh, possibly a discussion concerning um, Victor Bourne diseases, um, possibly a presentation um, by Animal Outlook at some point as well. Uh, again, please remember to check our website at sf.gov forward slash animal commission for any updates and additional information. Do any commissioners have any questions or anything else to add? Okay, um, if there's nothing further, we can adjourn. Okay, thank you everyone for being a part of tonight's meeting. It is uh, 6.23 and we are now adjourned. Good night everyone and we'll see you in July or June. Thank you. <laughs>